Hi, this is the Idiot's Lantern podcast, and today I'm podcasting about Looking for Alaska, the series as a whole. So, of course, I've reviewed episode one and two before, but but now I'm going to review the whole series, all my thoughts on it, and each and my thoughts on each episode individually. So, before that, I'm going to talk a little about what I've been watching lately. Obviously, I've been on the interview, the uh, podcast episode with Laurie that I did. I was asking him what he's been watching, etc., trying to throw that in a bit, but that didn't work quite well. Listen back to it, it's quite funny. Anyway, so I've been watching... Looking for Alaska, obviously, and I've been watching Truth Seekers, which is the Nick Frost and Simon Pegg new show. It's very funny, it's slightly scary, it's not that scary, but it is kind of spooky, it's a bit chilling, but it's not that scary. It's very, very funny though. It's incredibly funny. I think Nick Frost's, the guy who plays Nick Frost's character's dad, so... Nick Frost plays the character Gus, so Gus's dad is very funny. He says some really outrageous things. And I know from experience that if you say some really outrageous things, trying to look serious, people just start grinning if they know you're not being serious. It's very funny, and he just does that to the woman, the person who plays Elton so N- Elton is played by James Serafinowitz and so he spends a lot of time with so Gus's dad spends a lot of time with Elton's sister and she's her face just lights up when he says outrageous things it's very funny it's yeah just go and watch it I recommend it highly Anyway, I've also been watching His Dark Materials every Sunday night, which has been alright, obviously. It's not exactly got bigger and better. I read an Empire thing, a thing in an Empire issue that said it was one of the biggest TV shows. Really, it's not. Something like Game of Thrones is one of the biggest TV shows. I also read on the internet that it's it's trying to be like Game of Thrones. I haven't seen Game of Thrones but it's very true to the book His Dark Materials is. So I can't quite see how it's trying to be like Game of Thrones if it's very true to the book and the book came out before Game of Thrones. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. I've also... Films I've watched lately. The last film I watched was Bugsy Malone, who is made by my... Get this... Alan Parker, who directed Bugsy Malone, he is my uncle, no, cousin, twice removed, which is very interesting. So he's my grandma's cousin. Anyway, so I'll get back to you in a bit about looking for Alaska after this. I'm fascinated by last words. My favourite last words ever... I go to seek a great perhaps. You must be the new roommate. Welcome to Color Creek, Miles. I call him Pudge. Ah, the colonel and his irony. Hi, I'm back. That was a clip from Looking for Alaska. I hope you enjoyed it. Anyway, so the casting for Looking for Alaska. Charlie Plummer plays Pudge. 
Christine Frozeth plays Alaska. So Pudge is is uh, the nickname of Charlie Plummer's character. His real name is... Um, I can't remember, I'm sorry. Miles, Hol- Miles Holter. Denny Love plays the Colonel, who, which is also his nickname. He's actually called Chip Marston, but everybody calls him the Colonel because his military-level planning... Jay Lee plays Takumi. I think he's been in things like The Maze Runner and stuff, but I'm not really sure. Sophia Vasiliva, I think I've probably butchered that, so sorry if you're listening. She plays Lara, and she has an incredible accent in this. I was, I was watching the um, the Blog Brothers, the Vlog Brothers stuff on YouTube. It's John Green and stuff, and he interviewed. He talked to Christine Frozeth and Sophia Vasilova, as well as Charlie Plummer and Danny Love. And so Sophia Vasilova actually has a very American accent, and she puts on this incredible accent, uh, Romanian accent. That's very good. Landry Bender, she plays Sarah. Ron Safas Jones plays Dr. Hyde. I've probably butchered that name as well. He is one of the teachers. Timothy Simmons plays the eagle, or... I can't remember his real name, the eagle. Janine Tyler plays Dolores, who is the colonel's mum. And Henry Zaga plays Jake. You've probably seen him in things like... Oh, come on. I can't remember. Uh, that X-Men movie that nobody liked. I can't remember. He's in that. It's like a teen YA X-Men movie thing. What's it called? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway. And Rachel Matthews plays Fiona. I only wrote this down because she looks so much older than all of the other characters. She looks like she's in her late 30s or something. It's really, really quite strange. I haven't checked her name on IMDb yet. I might. But that's what... That's... That's that. Anyway, so I was reading a Guardian review review on this, obviously, because I can't find any better reviews. Like Empire haven't reviewed it, or oh, I can't remember. Empire haven't reviewed it. Basically, they're the only people I count on for honest reviews of what they think of things. So the Guardian review said it was dated, and I think. It is dated, I have to kind of agree with them, but their reasons for saying it was dated are completely wrong. They're absolute idiots, really. I think they could fuck off. Anyway, so it's dated because Pudge kind of falls for this manic pixie dream girl, Alaska, except she looks pretty ordinary and she doesn't wear any manic pixie dream girl sort of stereotypical clothes. It's quite male-driven. I think they could have done the Phoebe Waller-Bridge thing where they switched the gender of one of the lead characters or something like they did for the new Dune movie that will come out in 2021, nine months later than it would have come out. Anyway, that's the coronavirus for you. It's shitting on all of our films that I want to watch. So it's male-driven. They could have changed that, I think, 
by changing the gender of one of the characters like Phoebe Waller-Bridge does. So she occasionally switches the gender of her characters to see that they make sense, whatever their gender or their sex or whatever you want to say. And so, yep, there's that. So I've mentioned Fiona looks way older than all the other characters. The Guardians also said it was dated because the characters only get up to smoking and drinking and having sex, basically. And it said it was dated because there were no mobile phones in it or anything. So this is 2004, obviously. There are mobile phones in it, but people don't have mobile phones the kids don't have mobile phones because they're probably so new and the school have banned them. That's the detail from the book. It's obviously not addressed in the TV show. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say, but I'll probably spoil every single detail in this TV show. So just go away now if you don't want it spoiled for you. If you haven't watched it, then just shoo, off you go. Listen to some other podcast that isn't spoiled that is spoiler free anyway so all the thing that the cat the only things the worst the thing the characters get up to is smoking and drinking and they don't have mobile phones i think the guardian the guardian really quite you can't trust the guardian on their reviews say tenet which was a film that people thought was going to save cinema but it didn't save cinema the guardian posted an article on how tenet killed cinema on how tenet didn't save cinema but it killed it which isn't true they also the guardian gave tenet both a one star review and a five star review which is just completely it's just batshit crazy it's not quite right the guardian just cannot be trusted don't listen to the guardian because they they put out contrasting reviews conflicting reviews so the second episode no hang on so episode one i'm going to go through episodes individually now episode one introduces the characters i thought that was really good it just introduces the characters but it's also got some really good incredible performances from christine froseth in there so there's a few shots of christine froseth christine froseth's character who is alaska crying and episode two is more comedic episode and it's kind of i didn't quite like it so looking for alaska treads a fine line between drama and comedy and when it just goes completely full-blown comedy and tries to put some flecks of romance in there doesn't quite work so episode two didn't work for me i think both episode one and two were the pilot so in the further episodes there isn't more there isn't as much of that comedy Episode 3 is what I'm going to call the basketball episode. It's just completely hilarious. So the colonel, he does this thing at basketball games where he's in the audience, obviously, and he just tries to distract the players. I think people call it in cricket terms sledging, where the person who's batting, the the person behind them, oh, I can't, I can't remember names of 
things in cricket. Anyway, so the person behind them just talks shit at them and, yeah, basically starts saying stuff, spreading untrue rumours, just trying to stop them, prevent them from concentrating on the game. And this is exactly what Chip does. And... So this is where Pudge is on a date with Lara, who's played by Sophia Vasiliva. As I said, I've already butchered that name twice. Anyway, sorry for that. Um, so he's on a date with her, and she and Chip gets a basketball thrown at him, and he dodges it, and it hits Pudge in the head, and he has to go to A and E because apparently he has a concussion. Also, episode two was quite monologue heavy, so that's the comedic episode. Also had loads of monologues in it, which isn't brilliant. A lot the book was quite monologue heavy. It's yeah, the book was alright. I think a lot of people like the book. I'm not a big fan of the book. I have read the book. It's okay, but it's quite pretentious. The the TV show kind of cuts down on the being pretentious but it's still pretentious there is a lot of kind of mentioning poets and stuff the whole famous last words thing is obviously very very pretentious episode four is quite middle of the range i can't oh yeah it's where um it's where pudge says back at Culver Creek, which is the boarding school that they all go to. He stays there for Thanksgiving with Alaska. And I thought it was middle of the range. It was enjoyable. I found it funny at times and it was charming. All the things that Looking for Alaska should be and is most of the time, except for episode two, because that's just an exception to all the good stuff in Looking for Alaska. It is, yeah, it's, it's middle of the range. It's enjoyable. Episode 5 is magnificent. It's incredible. I loved it. Episode 5 has a monologue in it. It's probably the best monologue in in Looking for Alaska by far. It's where Looking for Alaska is talking about the day her mum died. And Christine Frozer just nails that. She is a brilliant actress, but she's just not been in much at all. Same as Charlie Plummer, basically. Episode 6 felt rushed. I didn't quite enjoy it. And there is a scene where... Where Pudge is given a blowjob by... Lara, sorry. Couldn't remember her name. And I thought it could just get rid of that. That was in the book. The thing with Looking for Alaska is it's staying too close to the book with some of the scenes in it. So something like that they could just get rid of, piss off. It's not brilliant. I don't like it. So episode seven. So that was... I felt it was rushed and they were trying to cram too much in all at once. The whole blowjob thing wasn't great. That shows how dated Looking for Alaska is and it shows how dated John Green's books are. And so, sorry, I said in my first review of Looking for Alaska that that um, John, 
Looking for Alaska, the book was kind of a prototype for the Fault in Our Stars. It's not really. It's more of a prototype for Paper Towns. And, yeah, but... Anyway, episode seven, it has some incredible performances. So, let me just say this. Spoilers, of course. So, this is your chance to stop. I've already given you one chance before this. But this is bigger spoilers. This is mega spoilers. Just go away. Don't listen to this bit unless you have seen episode seven. It has some incredible performance in it. And I just have to say, episode seven is the episode after Alaska has died, basically. So in between episode six in the event between the episodes of between the events of episode six and episode seven, Alaska passes away. She is in a head on car crash where she dies basically and that is shown in the first scene in the first episode but you don't see her inside the car you don't see anybody inside the car you see from the car and you do see the car but you don't see who's inside the car and you do see the crash and it's it's a very bold scene i thought it's it's an incredible scene and the scoring to that scene is incredible like a few days ago maybe a week ago i listened to that song crosses by jose gonzalez and it is very powerful once you've seen looking for alaska it's an incredible piece of film scoring episode eight I felt it was rushed, but it still had emotional notes in there, and it was still good. Um, also, and that's it really. Looking for Alaska, I'd choose Looking for Alaska over any TV show. Obviously, it's better than Stranger Things. It's better than anything really. Another note, so the clothing that the characters wear in this, I thought it was interesting because something like Stranger Things, all the kids who go to school, they all wear quite clean clothing and it's not like hanging off their shoulders and stuff and it's not crumpled. Uh, But anyway, in Looking for Alaska, all their clothing's crumpled. Charlie Plummer's character normally has his collarbone showing his uh, t-shirts like slipping down they all wear quite loose t-shirts they all wear shorts and like rubbishy trainers and stuff like my school would never let me wear stuff like that I'd get a behaviour point if I wore white trainers but anyway and uh, yeah that's all that was that was an interesting detail I like that and there's this whole it's almost this comedy sketch and they keep coming back to it where it's all about ironing so they come back to it once obviously it's about this ironing thing because pudge and chip their roommates they have an iron but they don't know how to use it and several times they have to ask alaska can you iron this shirt etc and another detail is takumi and alaska have this joke which is you would never understand the nuances of mature adult relationships whenever Takumi asks about how Jake is. So I thought that was quite funny. It's all very charming, very interesting. Um, so I'm going to give this TV show both five and one stars, not because it's bad and not because it's good, but because that's what The Guardian gave Tenet. So just to kind of pick at that and kind of poke fun at The Guardian, really.
Anyway, that's all for today. I would recommend looking for Alaska over anything, Sherlock, you name it, Stranger Things, anything. It's brilliant. It's got some incredible performances in it. And that's all for today. So bye. I hope you'll hear me soon.